Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11th chapter 1st verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. One playwright writes, it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's belief when no one else believes. Dr. King says, if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. This is um, April the 14th. Uh, on a wonderful Saturday. It's only me and Deb this time. How are you doing, Deb? Good. How are you today? <laughs> doing great. Uh, Craig had to work uh, this morning, so it's basically just the two of us, but I think we're, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. We're going to dive into uh, Philippians, fourth chapter, verse 13, but I'll uh, open us up in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, I thank, we thank you for um, waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning. Uh, a beautiful sunny Saturday morning. Uh, thank you for taking the uh, the cold away and bringing us into the uh, the spring and the summertime. Uh, we ask that you uh, bless us as we go into your word to examine your word and to see uh, what you have to teach us. And we ask that everything that we say and do is blessed by the love of you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, and this is something you wanted to talk about, Philippians four uh, thirteen, which I'm sure, if if anyone is a um, a long time Christian, you, you already know what the Bible verse is. Yeah. So I I was just kind of thinking about this past week about almost cliche Bible verses, you know, the things that sure. we hear all the time as Christians. Mm-hmm. And so this is one that, as you said, pretty much everyone knows. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. And you know, you always see this in christian stores on plaques and Mm -hmm. t-shirts and and stuff and i i wanted to kind of look at some of these famous or common Mm -hmm. verses a little bit deeper to see okay this is kind of what we on the surface accept them to be but what do they really mean right exactly um so i can read the uh, king james version i I can sure i was going to read a little bit um earlier just to give us uh, a little bit i'll start with uh, verse eight and i'm going to read the king james version usually we do the niv but the king james version really has the um the phrasing okay that uh, everyone's familiar with so beginning with um beginning with verse eight finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And there you go. 
And uh, we talked earlier, just a few minutes ago, that uh, Paul is in jail. Yeah. So he, you know, he's going through his own trials and tribulation there. And you had, um, you had told me that mm-hmm. he was, he, he and was it Saul that were put in, or Silas were put uh, in jail because they went to this new town, this port, mm-hmm. and had um, had uh, asked a spirit to leave a young woman. Right, exactly. It's Paul and Silas. Thank you. Uh, they were at um, arriving at the port in Philippi in Macedonia. Mm-hmm. Paul and Silas went to work. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically um, they, uh, they converted people uh, in um, Philippi. One was a wealthy woman named Lydia from Thyatira, T-H-Y-A-T-I-R-A. But basically they run into a young girl who is a slave girl who, uh, according to the book of Acts 16th chapter 16th through 24th verse, she has a spirit inside of her. She is a fortune teller, and she's a slave girl, and her owners are making money off of her. It's almost, uh, I don't know, spiritual prostitution? I don't yeah. know, something, something, <laughs> something like that. Um, and she earned a great deal of money, and the girl actually prophesizes about Paul and says, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. But Paul, even re- receiving this compliment, turns to him and say, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And the spirit left her, which pissed off the owners. The owners were <laughs> like, our moneymaker is gone. Right, exactly. And um, uh, basically the owners uh, say, are, report them to the magistrates and says, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. And so, and the crowd gets in, and uh, I guess, you know, although there are converts, there are also people who are upset with Paul and Silas, and they sort of jump in. Maybe it's just crowd mentality. And the magistrates throw them in jail. And they get shackled. Yep, shackled to their feet. And so they're in jail, and somehow Paul has given some writing instruments, and he's mm-hmm. he's writing a letter yeah. um, to, to the Philippians. And um, so he's in jail, he, you know, it's probably dark and wet in his he's Mm -hmm. probably bleeding from where the shackles are and he is looking for strength and and that is where that phrase comes for him Mm -hmm. out of these trials and tribulations where I think I was telling you that when I was growing up I used to go to this I was an athlete which Mm -hmm. you would not know to look at me now (laughs) but um, I used to go to the fellowship of Christian athletes once Mm -hmm. a week and we would always hear our coaches say you can do anything through him that gives you strength you know like as a motivational uh, you can do it you can win the race you can score that point whatever Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not just about motivating yourself to accomplish something it's it's about finding strength in the times when you are not strong Mm -hmm. Um, as Paul is in this in this situation, so that if you if you place yourself in God's care, then you have the strength to be successful, mm-hmm. which is the that first motivation, like my coaches would say. Mm-hmm. But you also have strength to recover yep. from trials and failure. Yep. And and you can you have the strength to endure those things as yes. well. Yes. Yes. And it's a trait that we've been talking about throughout the podcast, throughout Mm -hmm. several episodes, where how do we deal with pain? How do we deal with frustration? We've talked about how people have dealt with frustration the wrong way. We've talked about shooters, um, you know, the the female shooter of last week and a bunch of, uh, you know, male shooters. 
uh, individuals who are frustrated, who don't have an inner spirit to draw from to right. help them deal with um, with uh, frustrations going on in their lives, and they react in violence. Paul is basically saying, listen, you're going to deal with frustration. You know, I'm in jail right now, and I think he, there are people within the church who are, who are giving him items or they've been helping him out. Mm-hmm. And in the verse earlier, I think it's in verse 11, he basically says, thank you very much, but I don't need anything. I'm okay because God has given me what I need to survive right. and to endure. Right. And I think it's an important lesson for all of us. Agreed, agreed. So his strength is there for us when ours is gone. Right. And and that you're never alone. And I think we've talked uh, in the past about isolation. Yep. And, and that that's why some people react or reach out negatively. Right. Because uh, they formulate their own, you know, beliefs. And they have no one to fellowship with to say, hey, wait a minute, I think you're going off the wrong end. Or I think you've drawn the wrong conclusion. Mm-hmm. I think fellowshipping is very, very important So to bounce thoughts and ideas from. I agree. Yeah. And and so I wanted to also call out to our listeners a couple of this phrase reminds me of two things. Mm-hmm. There's a Christian um, singer, Stephen Curtis Chapman, who has a song called His Strength is Perfect. Mm-hmm. And if you get a chance to take a listen to that, it's it's based on this verse. Um, and, and it talks, you know, it talks about how God gives you his strength. It's it's a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, for some reason, I'm reminded by Chekhov's um, quote, any idiot can face a crisis. It's this day-to-day living that wears you out. Mm-hmm. And Tom Popovich's Chekhov, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it is that day-to-day living that you need that strength to get through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's I had some um, notes as well. And, um, you know, when we – usually what happens with when we do our faith podcast – each of us do a round robin. You know, we select a Bible verse and we talk about each of us draw and draw. We basically talk about, you know, what it means to us and um, what we get out of it. And I had. Um, so in verse one, so let's let's go to verse one, because oh, there Philippians are a couple of things. Four. Yeah, Philippians four one, okay. um, because I find it interesting because when, when you know, when we talk about I can do all things, we're talking about dealing with um, adversity and how we can sort of, um, I don't know, stand on the foundation of God to help ourselves. And I find I found it interesting um, in verse two, and I'll actually read it from the I'll, I'll do the NIV version because it's a little bit easier to digest. Um, in verse two, it says, I plead with Euodia and I plead with Sintiq, S-Y-N-T-Y-C-H-E. To be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, can I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contented at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. And it goes on. And it's about actually, uh, verse 4 is uh, wonderful. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. And he gets into this sort of rapture of how wonderful the Lord is. Mm-hmm. But I found it interesting. Uh, we're always looking for the context of what's going on. Not only is he in jail, but he's also, once again, not focusing on his turmoils and whatever he's going through in jail, but he's focusing on other people's problems. Apparently, there's an issue between two women in the church, Euodia and Sinti. And he's basically saying, listen, you two have disagreements, but don't let your disagreements overshadow your work, your responsibility for the church. 
So once again, Paul is not thinking about himself. He's thinking about others. Right. And, um, you know, when we go back into I can do all things through God, Christ who strengthens me, I think it's a message also to them to say, listen, you know, focus on, don't focus on, you know, your whatever your disagreements are. You know, build. You know, focus on your foundation with God. Right. So back yeah. to the Beatitudes and exactly. the golden rule. Like, fo- if you focus on things, you're going to be fine. If yep. you focus on those things. Yep. Yep. That's, and that's, these little yeah. petty squabbles and and day to day worries are not going to be such a burden. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And if we look at verse eleven, um, and I, actually, I, I think I, uh, well, I already had talked about verse eleven, but I'll, I'll say it again. This time in the NIV version. Um, Actually, I'll begin with verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. So once again, they're concerned about him being in jail. They want to know how if he's fine. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. So once again, he's saying, listen, I know how to endure. I know how to handle myself. Um, I'll keep on reading. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So that word content is is an important word, I think, Mm -hmm. because as society, as we're always looking for happiness. Right. um, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, content is a little different nuance of that, but <laughs> right. I, you know, I think he's saying you can be content, yeah, if you follow Christ's path mm-hmm. and know that He is there to support you, right. And we also talked about how we we buy things or we look look for other things to make us content, mm-hmm. whether it be um, oh, I don't know, um, food or gadgets or um, going out somewhere or you know our. There are all sorts of things that we look to make us content, and a lot of times they don't make us content. They only can make us content for just the the moment, and then all of a sudden we're unhappy again. Right. And then, um, so, you know, Paul's basically saying, listen, I'm in jail. Uh, there are things that I'm in need, but I'm, I'm fine. You, you don't know, have I, to worry. I don't have to worry. I, you know, when you, when you talked about how, um, why do people grab onto this thing? Mm-hmm. I, I find that when I speak to a lot of uh, Christians, there are some Christians who are really, really are content. You can tell people who are very content and they're very happy. We talked about our good friend Scott Munson. Yeah. <laughs> who, um, you know, he's talked about, um, I guess, being gnostic or, um, you know, his, his, his faith. I'm not going to say he's agnostic or whatever because clearly he has some sort of a faith. Clearly he's But he's not tied it. to a specific religious yeah. entity. Yeah, he's like not tied he's, to a denomination. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but he's very content. I mean he's yeah. very happy. And we, we you and I were talking earlier this morning how he always has a smile on his yeah. face. He's so positive. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um and there are Christians who are very, very content. But I've found there are some Christians who are not so content, but they still use these catchphrase Bible verses to hold on to as if it's a latch yeah. that they hold on to. Some some Excuse me. Say it in defiance. Like, I guess they're they're under some sort of adversity, whether it be at work or whatever. And they're like, well, that's okay. I can do all things through God who strengthens me. It's almost like an F you at that point. It is, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) And uh, it's, 
So, you know, the notes that I had written down um, is, you know, do we, how do we use these Bible verses, whether it be I can use all things or the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or um, for the the Lord's, God for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do we use these things for others? Do we use these things as a weapon to attack other people? Um, Do we use it to judge other people? How do we use God's words? What is our context to it? We know Paul's context. Paul is Paul says these words to heal others and to teach others. Listen, you're going to go through way more stuff than I'm going through. But if you find your foundation in God, realize that God, through Jesus Christ, has given you the ability to survive and to maintain yourself and still be content. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to be okay. That's Paul's context. But what's our context? Right. You know what I mean? I think that's why I kind of latched on to the because, <clears throat> because uh, I because I was feeling like, oh, I, I have a lot of stuff on my plate right now. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of things I have to take care of. Sure. You know, I'm working 10 hour days. Mm-hmm. And then th- that phrase just popped into my mind. I can do all things. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute. Why am I thinking about this? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I kind of brought yeah. it here. And I'm sure you're harking back to your youth when you were an yeah. athlete. Um, and you were a track star, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. But I used to run cross yeah. country. Yeah. Well, you had talked earlier and the, there was another podcast where you talked about you were going to get back into running again. Well, and I haven't. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> you, you know, you'll you'll find it. Um, but and it's actually thinking back into running. I remember I did a um, a marathon. I guess it was oh, a mini wow. marathon. This was uh, in Central Park, in like 1992 or 93. I was gassed. <laughs> I was just. I think it took me several hours. I mean, you know, um, I clearly was not one of the fastest ones. I'm more. I'm, I was more of a sprinter when I was younger uh, than an actual long distance runner, and. When I think about content and when I think about adversity, I mean, I think a marathon is a perfect example of that because mm. it's like, oh, my God, how can I continue to I, I just want to quit. It's I a mental battle. Right yeah, it when is. When you run cross country or long distances. Yeah. And Definitely. probably of all of the sports, I think that's probably far more mental than anything to tell your mind. Keep going and don't overrun yourself. Don't overpace yourself. You know, keep your pace. You, and you have everything that you need. Mm-hmm. You just have to convince your brain yeah. To let your body do its work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's an important point. Um, and I still, I, you know, I, I don't think I would. Well, I probably would. I mean, the last time I, uh, there was a, a lady friend of mine, and she, um, this is a long time ago, she went, she wanted to run around um, Lake Merritt because mm-hmm. uh, she was preparing for a marathon. And I was like, sure, I'll go ahead and do that. And I was like, oh, I was just totally gassed out. <laughs> but you did it. Uh, yeah, I did it. I did it. Uh, but, you know, it was just a lot of fatigue. But, yeah, just remembering mentally. Stay in it. Stay in it. Um, yeah. Do we use Bible verses in times of peace instead of times of defiance? Do we draw from the Bible only when we are in need, or do we use it daily? I mean, how that's do we the use crux Bible? of like, yeah, of your faith, right? Are right. you only turning to God when mm-hmm. you're in pain? Yeah. Or do you turn to Him to support you every day? Yeah, and I've thought about that, uh, especially getting back into the Word. I mean, you know, um, before Craig sort of coaxed me into doing the Faith Podcast, to be quite honest, I was very dormant in my faith. You know, I hadn't gone to church in a while, and occasionally I would read the Bible, but, you know, it was sort of, it's almost like having your faith in the freezer. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I'll bring it out, you know, I'll, I'll 
put it on the stove a little bit later on, but on high, on high holy days, <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> and um, it sort of reinforces me just you know examining these Bible verses. It doesn't help, you know, your faith. It's sort of like a muscle. I mean, you know, it's you, you can only strengthen it if you use it daily. Absolutely. Uh, and when I think about Paul and his letter writing, a lot of times, I forget, I think a teacher told me, you know, when you when you teach, you sort of reinforce the lessons within you. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard that before? Yeah, I have. Yeah. And when I think about the Bible and let's say us doing this podcast and even just reading the Bible and going to church, we reinforce uh, these lessons. And I'm sure Paul himself is reinforcing the lessons within himself, sort of reinforcing his own faith and boosting his own spirits, writing these letters. And to reminding other folks. Silas too. I think about Silas yeah. like in that cell too. He he you know, we don't have letters from him or Right, right, exactly. We don't really refer to him after the fact that he was mm-hmm. jailed with him. Right. <laughs> but I'm sure he, if I were Silas I'd be like in the corner crying. <laughs> and then Bro. Paul would be like, Hey, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we um not that I not that I talk about my job a lot, but this past week we got a conviction on an individual um, who uh, robbed some folks. I'm, I'm not going to you know get too too much into details, but what I found interesting, and I deal with white collar crime. We deal with criminals who don't spend a lot of time in jail. These aren't gangbangers who are like, oh, you know, I'll be in county and I'll be with my friends and what yeah. have you. These are straight laced folks who you know who you know stole money and they. Um, there, there's almost a sense of disillusionment, like, well, I, I can't be in jail. Those are for other folks, not for me. Mm-hmm. And when we got the conviction, um, the guy had the realization, oh, my God, I could spend five years. And five years is really nothing. Uh, well, I mean, compared to folks, there's some folks compared who are spending Compared to 10 other convictions. And, right, exactly. Yeah. And going in county jail, you know, just when we th- I'm thinking about Paul being in jail and Silas crying or whatever, um, th- I'm, I'm sure they're not used to jail. Oh, no. Well, and I mean, Paul eventually <laughs> got used to jail. He was well, in jail well, yeah, a lot. Well, yeah, exactly. But, you know, there's some folks, one day in county jail is absolute hell. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been in jail. I don't think you've ever been in jail. No. I can imagine Silas, like the like the women are bringing, like, breads and, like, sure. blankets. And, and Paul is like, don't worry about us. We're, we're fine. We have mm-hmm. everything we need. And Silas is like, well, uh, I would really right. like that sure. <laughs> blanket. Like, yeah, and we're comfortable. We're comfortable in our comfort and yes, you know our exactly. our things, and we th- we take it for granted. Sometimes you know there's a sense of disillusionment and entitlement. Well, I'll always have these things. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. No, you know if you will have things taken away from you, and you know you will deal with uh, embitterment. I mean, I was reading uh, this week about um, <clears throat> about shootings and stuff, and there's a wonderful there's an article about why certain men get into violence and the crux of the article was there's a sense of entitlement and there's a sense that I should be at this particular place in society and because they're not instead of blaming themselves or looking upon themselves they 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 focus on others the society around yeah Yeah. and then there's one incident that happens and which sets them off and that's when we get the the news reports on CNN and all that sort of stuff but I find interesting psychologically how people get to that level. And a lot of times it's because you don't look upon yourselves. I mean, when I was growing up, being a black man, you know, I was told, hey, listen, you're going to deal with adversity. It's just part of the, It's just like the rain. Mm-hmm. You just got to deal with it. You know, never. I don't want to hear you whining about, you know, how bad life is. I remember my late mom, you know, she was very 
my, my mom was very much into, hey, I want you to be a man. You, you got to be a man. And sometimes that's way too enforced so much that, you know, you have this uh, sort of male. Um, more of an aggressive male. Yeah, more of a male aggressiveness, like but also this uh, male dominance, like, you know, man uh-huh. the above. And sometimes you can look at it as sort of misogyny. But it's also her way of saying, listen, life is tough. Yeah. If you're not tough enough to handle it. I'm, I'm going to be worried about you uh-huh. because I'm not going to be around. So you can sort of understand it. Um, that's good. Like, that's a good point. Like, people mm-hmm. of color always raise their children to know that, that life has adversity. Sure. But and I'm sure, I'm sure your parents told you the same way. It was Maybe. more like me whining about, this isn't fair. <laughs> than yeah. saying, life is not fair. Yeah. And I'm sure your, your mother endured a bit of tough love. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe a way of preparing you, I don't know, for life. <laughs> I feel like I was spoiled. Um, yeah. I, yeah. But I do, but I also mm-hmm. know that life isn't easy. Sure. I mean, there are folks who have endured, you know, adversity. And when a bad thing's happened in life, it's like, okay, well, there's another thing I have to deal with. Right. Um, some people are broken, like you were saying. <clears throat> exactly. Some, some people, people have never dealt with adversity at all. And when they hit it, have it, have it once, it, it just, it, 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 you know, they're devastated by it. And uh, it's, excuse me, it's a shame. It's a shame for folks who um, who are not mentally and spiritually prepared to equip themselves for, you know, what life is. Right. Whether it be, you know, um, gentrification, um, you, know, your, your rent, you know, your landlord says, hey, listen, I'm going to raise your rent. Sorry about that, but I got, you know, just got to do it. And now you got to move. Yeah. You know, you have to deal with that adversity or, you let's say, your loved one leaving you. Or um, it could be, it could be anything. It could be a hundred little things. Sure, that that's make right. You feel overwhelmed. Yeah, um, but you have to remember you're not alone. Right. You're never alone. Yeah, that's exactly you can right. Draw on the strength of your faith. Mm-hmm. So, two questions that I asked myself when I was thinking about this script sure, too, sure. when I was thinking about how it, I, it used to be used in my youth mm-hmm. as motivation. Yeah. Um, so I asked myself these two questions: Do you think God wants you to fail today? Well, of course not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then do you think that God is going to walk with you today in the tasks that you that you have on your plate and that you want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And if I say, of course. Then you're going to be okay. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's Those exactly are the two right. questions. I was like, okay. Yeah. He doesn't want me to fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's right. going to be there. That's right. And you have to believe in that. You yeah. know, you have to have, you know, a... Uh, a, a belief in that. It reminded me. Both of us are theater folks, um, and you, you know, you've been a long-time director. I'm sure you have witnessed auditions where someone walks into the audition and they're just nervous. They're just, oh my god, you know, I just hope to. And and I had one teacher. Uh, this was, I think, this was in NYU, and um, and the teacher says, "Listen, we want you to succeed." We're rooting for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. We're not, we don't want you to fail. We may have a stoic look on our faces like, you know, we are expecting you to screw up or whatever. <laughs> but deep down inside, we're looking for you to blow our minds. We exactly. Want, yeah. We want to be blown away. We want you to be so <laughs> successful that we, when you leave the room, we're done casting. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And I think, you know, like what does that have to do with the scriptures? But think of, of God as, you know, if you think of God as a totalitarian, you know, individual who's, you know, is going to punish you or whatever, God wants you to succeed. Yeah. God is by your side all the time and God is looking for you. Hey, you know, read the Bible. You know, I have something to tell you. Ask me. 
you know, pray to me. Yes. And let me give you the um, the guidance. Let me fill your spirit. Exactly. And yeah. so I came up with this weird little phrase about mm-hmm. it because if you're trusting in God and you feel like you're failing, mm-hmm. then you can turn that failing into surviving yes. whatever these trials are. Mm-hmm. And then if you continue to invest in your faith mm-hmm. and draw strength from God, then you can turn your surviving into thriving. Yes, that's exactly right. And I had another thought when I thought of Philippians 4.13. You know, you had brought your perspective. Mm-hmm. I had, so there was an article, there was an article um, this week about uh, there's a... Um, there's a book called The Boy Who um, Fell, Who Came Back from Heaven. And uh, the article uh, was... And there might have been back. a movie. Yeah, there, there, uh, there might have been a movie. I'm trying to... Um, let me pull it up. But basically, there was a book about a, a kid who had a horrible... Who was involved in a horrible accident. And... Uh, yeah, here it is. I'm going to pull it up right now. He was involved in a horrible accident, and his spinal column was detached from his um, from his his spine, his head, his head or whatever, and um, let me pull it up. Oops. Whoops. Sorry about that. I'll delete that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in any case, there was a book written by that um, uh, the boy who fell, who came from heaven. Oh, so basically, um, he he had this horrible injury. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he couldn't move. Right, he couldn't move, and uh, but and so based on his father, his father basically said he had a, he uh, basically told the publisher that his son had a vision of heaven that angels, you know, um, saved him um, from from the dying, accident. From the accident. Uh-huh. Okay, so now I have the article uh, right here. In July 2010, Kevin and Al- Alex Malarkey penned account of the boy's religious experience, the boy who came back from heaven. The book was published by Tyndale House, a publisher of Christian books, who went on to sell one million copies. And uh, the book basically talks about, um, so on November the 14th, 2004, he was six years old. Um, This has happened in Ohio. Um, The car collided with another vehicle, and the boy's skull became completely detached from the spinal cord. But Alex did not die, and that's the central fact behind a long-running controversy that's now led into a lawsuit. So basically, his son basically hears the story. From, I mean, his, the father basically hears the son, story from the son, tells the publisher. It becomes a, a world best-selling Christian book. Years later, the son basically says, "Listen, it was all a lie." Um, basically, the, my father. His vision. Yeah, his vision. Basically, his father concocted the story, pushed it to the publishers, and to, I don't know, to elevate the, Christ- the conservative Christian community who was buying the books. And um, it's in the news now because the publishers are still selling the book, despite the fact the um, – and using Alex's name as a sort of a marketing tool. Uh, because this, this, the point of the story, mm-hmm. of the inspiration behind the story, yeah. is still selling the story. Exactly. That's exactly right. It's just right. that he doesn't want his name tied to it. Or, right. Well, he's yeah. and also he's admitting, listen, and the father, Kevin, by the way, died. Oh. Uh, I have no idea you know, what or how he died. But Alex sort of once gets the story straight. And it, it appears from the article, this is in the Washington Post, and I'll post it on our uh, podcast, but he wants to come clean. He doesn't want his faith, and he's still a Christian. He and his mother are still Christians, and they still believe in Jesus Christ, but they want it to be based on the truth, not on embellishments. 
um, not on. And when I think about Paul and his, his message, I can do all things through Christ, he's basically saying, I don't need anything else. And as Christians, we don't need to embellish our belief. There are some Christians who they need to see a, a work of, of God or they need to see some miracle. There are some who still believe in faith healing. I'm not saying that faith healing doesn't happen or the speaking in tongues doesn't happen. Maybe it does. But for some folks who says, I need to know that the Shroud of Turin is correct. Right. I need to see, you know, an artifact or I need to see a miracle to know that God is real or something. Or I need to hear a story that a woman had lift a bus to, you know, save her son or something like that. If some folks need that, I guess that's fine. But I think what Paul is saying is that's not necessary. God has already given us what we need. And th- it doesn't have to yeah. be spectacular. It can be the simple, simple things. Yes. And I think it's also, um, we talked before with Craig, like if a miracle happened in front of us today, mm-hmm. would we believe it? Right. <laughs> or would we, we would be so se- skeptical or would be, and the other reaction, we might just be afraid. Right. 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 But yeah, as you as you were saying, we have everything we need, mm-hmm. and maybe you you don't maybe you don't see a an end site or a resolution to mm-hmm. your trials mm-hmm. or tribulations right yeah. then. Yeah. But you just have to have faith that it will come to a conclusion. Right. And that you'll get through exactly whatever you're enduring. Yeah. And have faith that the Bible that you know that that Jesus has has given you. You know what you need. I mean, if you if you encounter a miracle, I mean, I'm not saying miracles don't happen. I mean, I talked about when I ran away from home. I think me coming back home and me being found was a miracle all in itself. And it's really strengthened my belief in God. Um, But I don't need to have, you know, a miracle. There's a wonderful song by uh, Sam Cooke and the Soul Stirs. That's heaven to me. Um, The verses goes a little flower that blooms in May, a lovely sunset at the end of the day. Someone helping a stranger along the way. That's heaven to me. And the bridge goes, it doesn't have to be a miracle for all the world to see. Uh, just to know that my Savior um, is there is everything is everything to me. Nice. And, of course, Sam Cooke, you know, does it in an incredible way, uh, in, his, in his incredible fashion. Uh, you can YouTube it. Uh, it's a fantastic song. Um, but that, you know, that tells it all. Yeah. You don't need, you know, th- th- there are the simple things in life. The fact that you woke up this morning, the fact that you have two legs and, and, and eyes and a nose and you have all of your senses and you have all of your physical capabilities. Or even if you don't, the fact that you're just alive. Right. Um, that's, that's heaven. That's, that in, in itself is a miracle. It is. And it's proof that, you know, just as what Paul says, God has given you what you need to have to survive mm-hmm. and to thrive and to endure. Goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think that I, I hope that people who are listening mm-hmm. do look at cliches, cliche verses like this. Mm-hmm. I keep saying cliche, but oh, yeah. because we hear them all the time. Sure. And and really think about, like you were saying, how what what's the real meaning behind it, mm-hmm. and how am I going to use it for me. Exactly. Um, I hadn't been reading the Bible in a really long time, so I'm really enjoying diving into it with you and, yeah. and Greg. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, we need to exercise mm-hmm. our our faith. Yeah, <laughs> and also look at the context. I mean, you know, when we think about the cliche Bible verses that we cling on to, there are a lot of folks that just 
they found it on YouTube or they found it, you know, someone, their grandmother told them or something like that. But one of the things that we do on our faith podcast, we look, you know, what are the verses beforehand? What are the verses mm-hmm. afterwards? Who's talking? What's the situation behind it? What's the historical it? context? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's all necessary to understand not only what is being said, but why is it being said? I mean, it's just the same way that we do, um, you know, when we look at a script or mm-hmm. when we look at a, a novel uh, and, and in a class. Yeah. What do we? What's the text telling us? And mm-hmm. we look at all the components, the dramaturgy behind it. Yeah. Yeah. To see what it's trying to say, and, mm-hmm. and particularly from the perspective when it was written. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So. Um, do we want to button it up? I think so. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, you know, to, to put a button on, I know it's a very short podcast. And I think if Craig were here, he would have also, he always has some sorts of, you know, <laughs> grandiose uh, thoughts and whatever. I mean, you know, we all, we, we enjoy bouncing our thoughts and ideas off of each other. But I think the button of it is, you know, we, God has blessed us, you know, the, the, from the moment that we were born. I mean, the very fact that, you know, the earth revolves around the sun and, you know, and, it, it wasn't too far away. It wasn't too close. I mean, there are miracles all around us. You know, there are things that I still can't understand how it came to be. And it's a miracle. It's a blessing uh, that God has given us. And Paul is in jail. It reminds me a lot. We were talking about Martin Luther King Jr. Um, last week. It reminds me of a letter from a Birmingham jail. You know, King wasn't focusing on, oh, my God, what was me? Mm-hmm. Can someone bail me out? He's focusing on the future. He knows that this is finite. This will pass. And Paul is focused on that, too. And he focuses on, listen, what I have here in this tiny cell is the spirit and the love that God has given to me. And that will help me endure. And that's a lesson. You know, it was spoken, you know, many, many years ago, but it still is relevant, relevant right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to close this out in prayer? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this fellowship that we are experiencing today with Reg and with our listeners. Um, thank you for infusing us with your strength as we walk through the week. Um, through all of our daily trials and tribulations, we know that you are there with us and that you will never abandon us. Through your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. So, here is my last blurb. Okay. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had a horrible experience in the church, which has made you turn your back on God. You can still have faith. We ask you to listen to this podcast, even challenge us on Facebook or on SoundCloud and share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years, and even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast, or you can tell your friends how to listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, click on Store, go to the search engine on the upper right-hand side, and search for you got to have faith, and you'll find us. If you're an Android user, download SoundCloud or just go on SoundCloud.com, search for us, and you will find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Have a wonderful week, everyone.